Last week we talked and we were following the Israelites and God was preparing them to cross from this side of the Jordan over into the promised land. How many remember that? We talked quite a bit about that and we said that God was preparing them. Now, if you were part of the Israelites, some two million people, and you're going to cross over this river that at this point is harvest time and the river is swollen, uh, one uh, mile wide possibly, and imagine that you're told that you're going to cross over it. Now, there would be some physical preparations to make that possible. You might want a life jacket. You might want a, uh, something to get prepared, but because they didn't know how God was going to take them across the river. But they were told to sanctify themselves. How many remember that? Sanctify yourselves. He said, set yourself apart unto me to prepare your heart and mind for what God is about to do. Because he said, I'm going to do wonders among you. I'm going to do the miraculous among you. And so they were charged to sanctify themselves, to be set aside wholly for God, to be sold out to Him, and whatever He was to ask of them that they would do. And then we recall that it was the priests who would carry the Ark of the Covenant before the people. They're to follow after it. They are to... Go after it is the words that are used in the Bible. And I took that as a charge to us to go after the presence of God. We, we looked at one another and we said, go for God, go for Him, go after Him, search and seek out and pursue God. Do you remember that? Because any time that God is about to take you and transition you into a new time and a new place, then we need to seek after His presence. It is His presence and His power and His glory that will lead us into a new dominion with Him, a new place. So He said, sanctify yourselves and go after God. Go after this ark which is a resemblance or a, a picture of the presence and the glory of God. And so God parted the waters. The Israelite priests step into the waters, and we talked about having and taking a step of faith. Do you remember that? We're to take a step of faith, and we're to follow and pursue after God wherever He leads us, even when we don't understand exactly where He's taking us. And so we're to follow and, and, and pursue Him and and God does the miraculous, and God opens up uh, this river Jordan, and they step out, and they begin to cross over. And they go, they transition from being promise seekers to being promise reapers. That's so good, you need to put it in your notes if you're taking notes. Because there is a time when God takes us from being a seeker after His promise until that we are a reaper of His promise. In other words, God's faithful, and if He promised it to us, He will deliver it, and He will cause us to be able to obtain what He has promised to us. Because He's, a, he's not a man, right? 
He should, he'll never lie to us, and he will uh, do what his word says that he'll do. And so they cross over. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm crossing over. They cross over from being a promise seeker to a promise reaper. And God's faithful to them. Now, I don't know if you ever read the Bible this way, but sometimes I do. And I get tickled about the way things are written. And I begin to have this imagination about uh, what's going on and what's happening that's not being talked about. But the Bible tells us that the people of Israel crossed over quickly. They crossed over quickly. And and, and you may have a, a better opinion of them than maybe I do. But I don't think that it was because they were so righteous and so sold out to God that they cross over quickly. I think it could have been the mount of wall of water that was on one side of them and the water had begun to dissipate on the other side. So imagine two million people crossing the Jordan. And the water begins to build on this side and build and it begins to stand up and it becomes uh, exceedingly high. And so they cross over quickly, prepared to get to the other side, hoping that they'll make it before the, this wall of water comes down upon them. But God's faithful, right? And they cross over and they, most of them get to the other side. They all get to the other side except for the priests who are still standing in the middle with the Ark of the Covenant. Now imagine if you're the priest and the walls of water just continue to go up and up. And God tells Joshua, I've got one more assignment for you. And in the back of my mind, I can imagine Joshua saying, God, do you know the water's like getting higher and higher and we're just waiting it's hard to wait. It's hard to wait. And God tells them to pick one man from every tribe, 12 tribes, and to go out into the midst of this river and to pull up 12 stones. Now, these were not pebbles. These were not small rocks because he told them to carry them on their shoulders. So they're big. And they're to go in and, and to find these and to bring them to the other side. Somebody say, I'm crossing over. And they get them over to the other side. And here are the priests standing in the midst of the river. And they, by faith, they have stepped into it in the middle. And now they're going to walk out of it. And God immediately closes up the river and it begins to flow. What a tremendous story here. And, and we look at it and we see the miraculous. But what does it tell us? Why does God instruct them to pick up these stones and, and to cross over with them uh, to get them out of the river bed and to take it to the other side? Why the stones? Because they're a memorial. They're a testimony of what God has done. How God has miraculously caused Israel to cross over. 
And can I tell you that each one of them would have had a story. Now, they corporately had a story that God did all this. But each one of them had a story. I remember I was standing behind uh, Brother John. And he was kind of slow. And I was like, come on, brother. Let's get across the river. I was behind Sister Susie. And she was going across through there. And she was excited about what God was doing. So I was following after her. I had this vantage point. I had this view. So they had a corporate testimony, but also an individual story. Hear me. And we all have individual stories of what God has done for us. Oh, yes, we have corporate stories of what God has done. And and we did some celebrating last week of of the baptisms and the mortgage burning and all of those things. And, and, And in many ways, those were corporate, but yet we had a part together individually to be a part of that. Look at your neighbor and say, you got a testimony, a personal testimony. And and can I tell you that your testimony is valuable? It can be an encouragement to somebody else. It's a memorial. Anything. A memorial is anything intended to preserve the memory of a person or of an event. And so, can I tell you that God knows how we are? He made us. Jesus was a man. And fully God. And he knows how we are. So he said, you need to set up a monument so you don't forget. Why? Because we're prone to forget. Now, I don't have to tell you that you know I'm forgetful. You know I leave my keys and my just different things. Whatever the day is, I might leave something different. Wife's over here. Preach. Yeah. But God knows how we are. And so he said, set up a monument so that you're not prone to forget what I have done. I'm preaching this morning. You see, God desires for us to set up a testimony, to write things down, to remember because we're prone to forget. If you don't think I'm right, you can be in the middle of a trial and God makes a way for you, and then two weeks later you enter another trial, and you done forgot about how God delivered you from the first one. Am I I right? So we need a reminder, a monument, a a set of stones set there so that uh, we will remember. And he said, erect them on the other side. They were in uh, Gilgal. When they crossed over. And the word Gilgal means the circle. And so imagine they set these stones there and they erect them, and, and I imagine they're pretty tall and out of place. You don't see a lot of stones in Israel, you see a lot of sand, but you don't see a lot of stones. And so they set them up. And Gilgal was the place where they they would embark from there to go out into the rest of 
of the promised land and they would defeat a certain area and then they would gather back here to Gilgal. It was their headquarters. So imagine the power of the stones, of the testimony. What do these stones mean? Well, every time they faced a battle and every time they faced an enemy and every time when it seemed like it was going to be impossible to be able to conquer the land and God would come through for them, they would come back to their headquarters and I believe they would look at the stones. Can I tell you, you need to erect a monument in your life. I remember the time, somebody help me preach, that God saved me. I remember the time that God delivered me, and I'm going in a circle here on purpose. I remember the time that God uh, uh, kept me from addiction. I remember the time that God uh, healed me and lengthened my leg. I remember the time that God restored my family. I remember the time that he helped me overcome the enemy. Anybody here understand what I'm talking about? And as they looked around those stones, they were encouraged themselves. Just maybe this conquering thing is possible. Not because of who I am but because of what God's done and because of who He is. Now, I preached this about 2017, and and I didn't want to do the same thing today, but I'm, I'm going to remind you of a story. I had a table set up here, and I had a big stone on it. My son had went with us when he was about eight years old. I believe it was Myrtle Beach. Is that right? We went to Myrtle Beach. And Kevin is a geologist. He works for a geology firm. He loves rocks. Always has. And he went to the beach and of all things he began to dig. And he dug and he dug and he hit this big rock. And I mean it's big. The last time I preached this I carried it around for a few minutes and had to go sit it down and catch my breath. It probably weighs 20 pounds. Close. It's heavy. And when he dug it up, I said, you can't take that home. We're going to have to leave that here. You can look at it. It's pretty. It's too heavy for Dad to carry. We don't have room for it in the car. How many knows I lost that argument? But to this day, it sits at our poolside, and it's a story that we remember. And God wants to develop stories and testimonies in our lives because they have power. They have power within them to encourage us. And the Israelites were encouraged because of what God had done, how God had made a way. They set the stones there so that they would remember how they had crossed over, not in their own ability, but in the power of God. God had made a way. And they went out into the midst of this river and they pulled up stones. Imagine from the very midst of the thing that seemed impossible to cross, God said, 
there's going to be a testimony erected. Did that speak to you? From the very, I don't know where you are this morning, but I, I sense this. Can I just prophesy to you this morning that from the very midst of the thing that seemed impossible, uncrossable, that God is going to cause a miraculous testimony to come forth from that and He will deliver and He will make a way from what seemed impossible and uncrossable. They, they didn't get stones from the, from the regular ground. They got them from the riverbed. The very thing that had been the barricade that stopped them, that would have stopped them if not for God. This morning, will you receive that? God is erecting a testimony in your life. These stones were a memorial of what God had brought them out of and what God had brought them into. Can I tell you this morning that God is in the process of bringing you out of something and into something. Huh. I, I don't know if you really understood what I just said, but uh, God is in the process right now of bringing you out of something. Maybe even that something seems hopeless and impossible and like the enemy is against you. Maybe it even feels like others are against you, but God is bringing you out of something and into something, and it's a transition, and it will be a glorious testimony of God's ability to do it for you. He's, look at your neighbor say, he's bringing me out, and he's bringing me in. He said, carry the stones with you. Carry them over. Now, I, I want to point out what this says and doesn't say. Because the river represented a crossing place. A, a thing that would set their destiny. It also represented the past. And they're supposed to go in and dig up this rock out of the riverbed and bring it and cross over with it. But it didn't say bring all of the stones, just 12. You see, we're not supposed to go into our past and dig up every stone. We're not supposed to go into our past and dig up every remembrance that would cause us to be down and depressed and discouraged because of where we have been. But we are supposed to pick up the stones that will help us believe and help us uh, be encouraged that God is with us, that God is for us, that God will make a way where there seems to be no way. You see, I believe that God's taken me out of something and into something new, and it's going to be a glorious testimony of His power and of His ability. Carry them over with you. This testimony has got to go with you. You see, don't pick up the things that will drag you down from your past, but carry over the memories that will propel you into your destiny. 
How many has had the devil try to remind you of your past? And when he does it, remind him that God's already brought you out of your past. Hmm. Cleveland Derricks wrote this song. Notice it talks about where he was, but now where he is. I once was lost in sin. I may can remember that. But Jesus took me in. And then a little light from heaven filled my soul. He bathed my heart in love and wrote my name above. Whew. For where I once was, I am no longer. Huh. And he's brought me out of that old way. And he's written my name above. I have a destiny, a home in heaven, a place that is promised for me and for you who believe upon his name. I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. So here we have Israel who had carried the stones across so that they would be encouraged themselves. And then God says, but I know your children are going to know there's something different about why are these stones there. You tell them about what God's done for you. You don't hear anything else this morning. Hear me. You should not keep your testimony to yourself of where God has brought you from and where He's brought you into because your children need to hear it. Because if not, they just think you're fanatical. Why is mom and dad so sold out to Jesus and, and going to church? Oh, honey, but you don't know what God's done for me. You don't understand. Let me tell you about what he's done for me. Let me tell you about what he brought me from and where I am today. Let me tell you about the goodness and the mercy and the a blessing of God upon my life. I wouldn't be here today without him. Psalms 145.4 says, One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. Legacy. Tell your children. Tell them the old, old story. Hmm. Tell them about his goodness. He said you're supposed to tell the next generation. Tell your family. How your children are going to know if you, you don't tell them. So keep telling the story. Retell it. Write it down. As Fanny Crosby wrote and we sang this morning, this is my story, and I'm sticking to it. That's not what she said. This is my story. This is my song. I'm praising my Savior all the day long. Because I got a story. <laughs> Somebody help me preach this morning. I got a story. I got a, I got a song that's based on my story of the redeeming work of Christ in my life. 
Do you have that story? If you know the Lord is your Savior, you do. This is my, say it, this is my story. This is my song. Preserve the memories of God coming through for you. Rehearse them to the next generation. And I'm about to wrap up. Revelation 12, 11 says this. It says it about the tribulation saints. And they overcame him, who? The devil. By the blood of the Lamb. I put in parentheses there, that's my writing. The death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the basis for all of our victory over the devil. If not for the blood of Christ, we would not be victorious. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Your testimony doesn't just help your children, doesn't just help your church, but it helps you to overcome. And they did not love their lives to the death. They were fully committed to God. Look at your neighbor and say, I got a story. I got a testimony. And then in the same chapter, verse 24 says, not only tell yourselves and repeat the story and think about it, not only tell the next generation and your children, but he said, these stones, look at them and tell all the people of the earth. Your story has such power that it can affect the whole world. Do you believe that this morning? Tell the whole world about what Jesus has done for you. Erect a monument. I, I don't know if you do this or not, but you need to. I don't fully do it like I ought to, but does anybody have a journal? Anybody journal? I see a few hands going up. That's the perfect place to write down what God has done for you and where he's brought you out. I have one, I call it my testimony book because I'm not real good at just journaling the every day. But I like to write down when God's come through in a big way. It's my testimony book. Your testimony is valuable.